This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans. Welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Another absolutely beautiful Monday. My gosh, last time we talked, we came off a beautiful weekend. Now we're having an absolutely beautiful week here in Michigan. Why aren't we at a racetrack? I don't know. Somebody tell me it was 67 degrees out today. That sounds like picture-perfect afternoon racing for Michigan. Rich France, you don't get to take credit for bringing the nice stuff back. I see you tried to yes, sneak. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, before we get into all that, let's take a look at some things that are happening in a Motor City Minute. Kyle Larson returned to the big stage on Sunday from Las Vegas Motor Speedway, putting on a dominating performance down the stretch to get his first win with Hendrick Motorsports in just his fourth try. He becomes the quickest driver to do that with Hendrick Motorsports. A.J. Allmendinger, by the way, the day before, took the lead after a late race restart and cruised to the win in the Xfinity Series. It's the first this season for the Dinger, who returned to full-time status this season. Elsewhere, Michael Atwell took the lead from Stephen Nassie. What a dramatic finish. On a green-white checker restart, but contact from Nassie after the white flag sent them both spinning. Nassie, believe it or not, Nasty Nassie tapped out at the flag stand saying that he was taking responsibility for the caution. Atwell gets his spot back and goes on to collect $10,000 at the end of the uh, three, uh, race three of the Triple Crown at Showtime Speedway on Saturday night. Those things and so much more happening tonight. Glad to have you along on Horsepower Happenings. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France does make his return from sunny Florida. I'm not sure that I'm willing to give you credit, though, Mr. France, for bringing back the nice weather. Um, I, that was the order before I left. Bring back some nice weather. <laughs> so uh, I, I appreciate when I got back, all the snow was gone. So that's nice as well. Um, so, yeah, I had a good time. And it wasn't such a big hit when I drove in the driveway. Yeah, yeah, it was a very nice day today. And, Rich, uh, you had a chance. You took a little detour on your way home and found some racing. And uh, the racing that you found included some guys that we're pretty familiar with. Yeah, it didn't take a lot of arm twisting, did it, Zach, to make a little stop on my way home. Um, Stopped in Alabama at the Montgomery Motor Speedway uh, to check out a pretty cool event. Uh, And I had never been there before, so a new track for me. Uh, the Alabama 200 was on tap for the Pro Late Models, which is one of their biggest events all season, and the Hunt for the Bear 57 for the Pavement Modifieds, which was a co-sanctioned event by the Modifieds of Mayhem in the South and the Midwest Modifieds Tour up here in the North. Uh, the mods were up first, Zach, and there were some great battles throughout the event between Bill Burba, Kyle Purvis, Phil Bozell, and others, but uh, it was Augie Grill who worked his way to the point early and uh, never really faced any serious competition in the caution-filled event, uh, except maybe during a couple of late-race restarts. Uh, and he picked up a very, very popular win down there in Alabama. Of course, Grill is an Alabama native and has been running a lot more modified events in recent years. At the Checkers, it was Burba and Bozell completing the podium. And Zach, uh, I hung out with the Bozell clan for a little while down there, and uh, they were very, very accommodating with me. And I caught up with Phil and Andy in the pit area following the modified feature to get their thoughts and discuss their performance. A couple of people well-known in the Great Lakes region, uh, 12-time Kalamazoo Speedway champion and uh, Michigan Motorsports Hall of Famer Andy Bozell and uh, Phil Bozell, who's won just about everything around, including in Canada. Phil, we'll start with you. Uh, Nice qualifying effort, qualified second. Redraw sixth. Kind of drop back at the beginning. But, boy, that car looked real good the rest of the way, and you bring it home third. Yeah, the car was real good. Uh, 
just low low air pressure at the start of the race and uh, a lot of these guys got a lot of experience here so i just wanted to keep the tires on it not hurt nothing and once we got up to 10 got going again the car was just really good and uh passed a few people drove by some on the outside drove by some on the inside and just kind of fell in spot there and i wanted to ride for a little bit when they were out front because they were running pretty hard using their stuff up and i felt comfortable uh where i was and uh had to go through a couple crazy restarts a lot of these guys down here uh looks like they were shifting maybe on restarts and car was really good on restarts so we hung with them and a couple they were they were racing pretty hard there for a little bit they beat and banged on each other and uh just tried to keep it clean and uh that last restart just got another spawn almost rolled next to him on the on two on the back stretch but it got real tight so i lifted and just wanted to bring it home in one piece and uh real good run for us and uh tony leclerc gives us whatever we need and i want to thank him uh he's stuck up there in canada but uh we really uh, enjoy him letting us do what we do and Andy, we, we talked uh, we talked before, you know, qualified 12th, you know, thought you had a good car, but thought you needed some help. And man, once you once you got some laps under that car, it was really, really good at the beginning. Yeah, it's pretty good. We we didn't bring enough horsepower for this big racetrack, so um, couldn't rip off the good lap, but the car got in a good rhythm. We were passing cars, actually passing invert cars um, in the beginning of the race. I think we worked up to 7th or 8th there and, and uh, got a guy that got loose coming up off the corner and uh i was tucked underneath him trying to pass him and he went around and they put me to the tail and but can't give anybody room if you're gonna try to pass him so we went to the back just finished the race out and took a home in one piece and had a good time this weekend yeah we're we got the other race going on but we can still talk here um talk about this is really about family to you we, we talked about this a little while ago you you have bryce down here you had him as your spotter i mean how cool is that to come down here and just have an experience like this Oh, it's pretty cool, you know. Um, a lot of people should try to enjoy that. It's really cool to come down here with your son and your grandson, and you know, he did a great job spotting. He he did he did wonderful, and you get to sit back there in the back of the field, watch your son race for the win up there, listen to your grandkid on the radio. I don't know how much better it could get. So what do you what do you guys got going now? Uh, you know, you kind of shake the rust off down here in Alabama. Gonna head back home. What do you guys got on your schedule next? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll probably get the outlaw cars out, do some testing with that. Um, probably Kalamazoo would be the first race, I would imagine, for the outlaw cars. I don't know if we're going to do some more modified stuff here pretty soon. Uh, this joint effort between the modified to Mayhem and Midwest Tour turned out pretty good. It was a great race, had a great turnout. So maybe if they can put some more shows together, we'll, we'll go have some more fun. Guys, I want to thank you both for the hospitality. Let me hang out with you for a little while tonight. Uh, we'll see you when we get back home. Oh, nice to see you. And, uh, um, love the Horsepower Happening show. It's a great deal you guys do. You have a lot of fun, and uh, keep it up. Good job. All right. Thanks, guys. And then, Zach, uh, the, the Pro Late models were up next uh, for the Alabama 200. And uh, for the most of the event, it was the Matt Craig show. Name sound familiar, Zach? Um, Craig picked up the lead on lap two and really stretched out his lead at will through the first half of the event. But uh, – as they say, Zach, what can happen will happen. Uh, following the controlled caution on lap 118, all of the leaders would come down pit road for tires. Craig would restart on the outside of the front row due to the number 11 of machine of Jordan McCallum not pitting and restarting from the pole on old tires. Zach, do you see where this is going? Unfortunately, I think I know where this is going to end. <laughs> heading into the, heading into turn one in the restart, McCallum sails his machine into the corner, spinning, collecting Craig into the outside wall, ending his night. The incident would also collect a top runner in Jake Garcia, also ending his night as well. On the ensuing restart, Augie Grill would put his 112 machine out front and actually began to drive away from the field. We thought Grill might go two for two for the night. But uh, one more controlled caution with 19 to go would change everything. With the leaders staying out, Lucky Dog recipient Christopher Tullis would head for pit road for his remaining tires. He still had tires left to put on that car. And on the restart, it was nothing for Tullis to drive through the field on fresh tires, passing leader Chris Davidson with two to go to pick up the very surprising win and the biggest win of the Georgia driver's career. And Zach, I just had to catch up with this young man to get his thoughts on his unlikely win. Man, a lap down. Tell me where you came from because I don't think those last 20 laps anybody saw you coming. 
Yeah, I mean, we were kind of, I guess you could sound a little bit different strategy than everybody else there. And I thought we really thrown it away, I'm not going to lie to you. And we got lucky and got that lucky dog there and were able to put the tires on. I knew once we put the tires on, it's just kind of a matter of time there if I had enough time to get there. And like I said, we were just blessed to have enough laps left and be able to get around the cars when we did, make the passes when we did, really get there. I mean, like I said, I mean, I, it was all the pit calls. And like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't a fan of them there for a while. But like I said, standing here winning the race, I'm definitely a fan of them now. So, like I said, just thankful to win the race and hopefully we can continue on here the rest of the year. Yeah, we know it's big when you put tires on, but I probably the bigger thing was getting the lucky dog at the right time because it was so easily not to get that uh, as fast as the leaders were running. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I thought we were kind of just keeping up with where the other lap down cars would have been. And I think for a second there, we even thought we weren't going to be the lucky dog. And like I said, things just played out. I mean, the good Lord above was watching down on us tonight for sure. And he put us in that good position there, like I said, to get them tires and really go drive through the field there. I mean, that was probably the 20 hardest laps I've ever driven in my life. And it was all worth it. How does it feel when you're coming through that pack and they're just getting and – and they're coming – they are – you're catching them so quickly yeah i mean it, it's got to surprise you a little bit yeah i mean it, it's like they're in a whole different car omar you're in a whole different car i mean i got into the 14 pretty good there passing for the lead and that's what me and him were just talking about i just really just misanticipated how quickly i was going to run up on them there with the tires so i mean i felt like it was a racing deal you know we'll move on to the next one but hey you feel like superman i mean there's no other way to describe it you you on cloud nine just flying around everybody it's, it's a good it's a good sight when you just see him keep getting bigger and bigger in the windshield and just watching him go down the right side of the car so like i said thankful we were able to get it done tonight biggest race win of your career oh without a doubt oh, yeah. without a doubt i mean like i said this one once we won the championship last year here last year i knew i wanted to make this my crown jewel i wanted to come win and got a new car over the off season and put a lot a lot of hours in this thing so like I said, it's all paid off. Hopefully we can just continue on and go grab some more race wins. Congratulations. It was a great run, man. Thank you. And Zach uh, Davidson, John Bowen, Grill, and Jet Nolan would complete the top five in the Alabama 200. And uh, because Augie was in a rush to get in his pro late model following the modified win, I wasn't able to catch up with him before that. But uh, I did catch up with him in the tech area after the Alabama 200 to, de- to debrief his evening after the modified feature because he was busy getting ready to get into the Pro Late model. Uh, could you have had much better modified than that picking up that, the, you know, the hunt for the Bear 57? I mean, your car looked dominating all night long. It was. It was really good. Uh, hats off to my help, my, my guys, uh, and John Howe with BMF Shocks and Chassis. Uh, we worked hard on it. We had to. Uh, we unloaded Friday and just had no speed like the rest of them guys and I uh, finally made enough adjustments and hit on something right at the end of practice and it it really fit me in that car so uh we went with it and uh yeah it was really good in the race it could have been a little better but uh you know I'm sure everybody could say that but uh yeah went well no scratches on the car and we take it get to tra- take a bear trophy home and I think it's been a while since I've seen, seen you with that big of a smile on your face when you climbed out of the car you look pretty happy yeah because uh I was more confident with this pro car in this race than I was the modified going in the modified race. So to be able to get that victory and uh, with the different the rules and disparities, disparities, yeah, we had that. Uh, wasn't sure how the race was going to turn out. So uh, I think it was a pretty decent even match. I think, but we'll go from there and see. But uh, I don't know. Pro car just we needed uh, we just used the right rear up a little too much on both sets of tires. Yeah, car looked really good first hundred laps. Um, you know, started. I think you you got that uh, control caution at the right time to get a set yeah. of tires, because oh, yeah. uh, you really looked like you were fading at that point. Yeah, uh, just use the right rear up. It was just loose all the way through the corner, and I was really just kind of pedaling at that point in time. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, we yeah we got it a little tight, tightened it up a little bit at the break there, and when we got tires and went, it was better, but it just wasn't enough. So we, uh, you know, we limp home fourth here but uh got a lot to work with i got i'm uh, optimistic i think we gain make big gains so uh i'm looking forward to the year not a bad night when you roll it over the scale twice yeah you're right yeah absolutely yeah. thanks augie have a we'll, we'll see you again soon all right thank you very much so zach uh, a great decision to make that stop uh on my way home from florida and uh 
really, really had a lot of fun. Yeah, man, I'm glad that you were able to stop as well. I appreciate your work, and so did our fans with Horsepower Happenings. Another week with uh, some some live event updates on the Horsepower Happenings Facebook page, and that's only going to ramp up as the season gets closer. Let's move our way a little bit further up toward Michigan. Big Sexy was a big winner over the weekend during the March Madness feature at Cherokee Speedway Sunday afternoon. The 60-lap race sanctioned by the Southern All-Star Series paid Brandon Overton $10,000 for the win. He was untouchable all day, Rich, setting fast time, winning his heat, and leading every lap of the feature. And it wasn't like there was nobody there either. He beat drivers like Jonathan Davenport and Jimmy Owens to pick up the win. And Zach, a uh, little news from last week that I didn't know if anybody catched in the state of Michigan right at the border. Flat Rock and Toledo Speedway officials announced last week that with the new executive orders that were issued, uh, their seasons will both begin as planned, which is really good news. Uh, Flat Rock received word that they will be able to have 1,000 fans trackside when they start their 2021 season on Saturday, May 1st. Officials also confirmed a 30% capacity authorized by the state of Ohio and the Lucas County Health Department for Toledo's 2021 season opener on Sunday, May 16th. Uh, but, Zach, we haven't heard a word from Gary Howe out at Kalamazoo yet following the new orders. Um, he was also one of the tracks that didn't get a show in in 2020. So uh, I expect he'll update his plans pretty soon, and we'll have an announcement to make. Uh, maybe making some fine-tuning on the schedule. Well, you'll remember when we had him on the show not too long ago, uh, a couple of weeks, well, maybe it's been a couple of months now, he said, uh, here's our schedule, this is our plan, we fully anticipate to be open on this date, which I think is maybe April 17th. They've got a street stock COVID kicker special, um, and then after that, they're planning on rolling into their season. So we'll see. Uh, I think that no news at this point is probably good news as we get closer to the season opener. Uh, how do we do this? Do we do we call this going back south? Do we call it continuing our trek to the north? It's kind of a hybrid. As 2020 Victory Custom Trailers CRA Junior Late Model Series champion Katie Hettinger began the next phase of her career Saturday at Hickory Motor Speedway in Hickory, North Carolina. Hettinger says the plan this season is to run the full limited late model schedule at Hickory in her Matt Piercy-owned number 71. She says she'll also make some pro late model starts in her family-owned car as soon as this weekend and select late model stock races after she becomes eligible to run the division following her 14th birthday on June 25th. Now, I asked her, uh, Rich, I had a chance to talk to her on Saturday, why she didn't stay within the reins of the Champion Racing Association ranks and move to the JEG CRA All-Stars Tour like former junior late model champion Chase Berta and competitor Charlie Keevan. And the answer blew me away, Rich. Uh, she has a really level head on her shoulders. She said it was simple. She didn't get enough seat time. She says, quote, Junior's only got five races last season. I just didn't get enough seat time before we make the jump to pro racing. And quote, Hettinger, by the way, brought home a fourth place finish Saturday night at Hickory Motor Speedway. Boy, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're keeping a head on her and teaching her just right because uh, no reason to rush her along. She's, you know, 13 years old. She has a lot of racing left in her future. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I think they're going about this the right way. Yeah, I was surprised, and I asked her, I said, so are you guys moving down south? And she said, oh, no, we are still Michigan residents. We're staying up there. Um, but because of COVID, because of uh, the weather, because of just circumstance, we can get more racing in down here. And, Rich, they've been testing at Hickory for months leading up to this season opener, and uh, she did a great job and uh, brought home a top-five finish in her first race. So uh, I I'm excited to see where she goes. Yeah, great job for them, and uh, look for, you know, maybe once she gets a little bit of seat time, maybe they'll throw in a couple Jags races at the end of the year uh, it, when, after she gets a, enough seat time in those limited late models. Yeah, I would say anything is possible. Now, believe it or not, we did do some circle track activity this weekend in the great state of Michigan. The Great Lakes family of sprint cars, they're looking to expand in 2022 with the Great Lakes Sprints on ice. Now, two of the three family divisions tested on Saturday on Houghton Lake. 2019 Great Lakes Super Sprints champion Phil Gressman, as well as 2018 champion Dustin Daggett were in attendance, and uh, three Great Lakes Lightning Sprint cars were also there. And if that wasn't enough, a few of those uh, tricked-out snowmobiles, you know, the ones that are designed specifically for racing, they took the opportunity to turn some laps. Testing, by the way, for the big cars included tire combinations. We saw three different types of tires being used on those race cars, plus general handling. And what were the engines going to do on the ice? 
That was a pretty big question. And Rich, one of those guys that can talk to us about those questions that we have, and he's got a lot of knowledge about some other things as well. He joins us now on the program. Let us know who we're talking to. Yeah, Zach, uh, this gentleman was your 2018 Great Lakes Super Sprints champion, uh, finished third in 2020, uh, and fresh off an incredible battle this weekend in our uh, HPH Best Driver Challenge, uh, just coming up a little bit short. And he, like you said, he had some fun this weekend. Uh, makes his home in Portland, Michigan. Dustin Daggett, welcome to, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Yeah, it's good to, good to be with you guys tonight. Now, I know it's all in fun, but uh, what a battle you had this weekend with Ryan Rule in our Best Driver Challenge. Uh, it, it's got to make you pretty proud when the fans get so involved and support you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I knew that uh, if it got down to Ryan and I or even Jared and I, it would be a tough, tough battle. Um, you know, and... And it's, it's good to see the, the interaction in the, you know, in everybody kind of who's ruling for who and, you know, hats off to Ryan for that. He's, uh, he's definitely, uh, been, been one of the, one of the best drivers in the, the past 10 years too. So now I had heard a little bit about this. I've been gone for about the past 10 days in Florida and I get back and I thought I was reading it wrong and I read sprints on ice at Houghton Lake. What the heck was that all about? And you had to have the time of your life. Oh, it was, uh, it's definitely a a little bit different deal. Um, uh, obviously they've been doing this out in new England for about five or six years now. And, uh, they've been, they've been having a lot of fun with it and guys are getting pretty, pretty crafty with, uh, some of the cars and tires and studs and all that kind of combination. So, um, we thought that we'd, you know, give it a stab and see see what it was all about. Now, as we said before, we brought you on. Uh, you were out there along with um, along with another former champion, Phil Gressman, and a guy that you race against on a weekly basis. I'm not sure who was driving the two T car that was out there as well, but there were three of you on the big car. A couple different tire combinations. Uh, I mean, did you learn anything, Dustin? I, I don't know. Have you ever raced on the ice before in in the big car? Oh, definitely not. Um, it was, it was surprisingly there, there's a lot of similarities on, on actually racing on the dirt. Um, and I don't know if that's because it was a little bit warmer and the ice wasn't as hard as what it normally would be. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of variables that would go into it. Um, you know, honestly, there was, there was less grip than what I thought there was going to be. Oh, really? Um, with, with the studs and in, in that, from what I was hearing with Nick, but out in new England. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're all in a experimental stage. So like I said, it, it could have been because of the warmer temperatures that, that we were not getting as much grip because the ice wasn't as hard or, you know, I've, it, it's all new to, to all of us. <laughs> yeah, so. it's, it's hard to evaluate it when you've never done it before. But I guess uh, here's my question. Barry fully intends on making this something that we do um, into the 2022 season. Are you excited to continue to uh, watch this evolve and maybe partake in this next year? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're already talking about what we're going to do for next year. Uh, you know, as far as getting getting an engine around and getting a, getting a whole car that's just basically almost dedicated to doing the ice thing um it was we we had a lot of fun um unfortunate that that the uh the car that i took up we had some engine issues with it and it didn't run very good but still um able to make a few few decent laps and talking with phil and uh you know i think it's going to be a fun thing to do when we're sitting sitting in the house staying warm you know so Hey, Dustin, I, would, I was curious. I watched a little bit of the videos that were posted. and um, Would it help in that type of racing if you had, you know, maybe some less engine, less cubic inches uh, to maybe help you get some grip? I'm thinking you probably don't want to use the engines that you guys use throughout the summer. Well, I mean, Phil had his uh, same, same engine that he would run in the summertime, but uh, – I'm not for sure if it gets really cold that that's really going to be a good route to go. Um, now, as far as power goes, 
you can always have more power. <laughs> I figured that was <laughs> going to be the answer. <laughs> you know, it's uh, you can control. It, it, it all depends on how you control that power. So, well, and Dustin, um, I, I want to ask you real quick before we get too far. Uh, you mentioned the temperature. How did you guys get those up to temp? Because for the layman's fan who doesn't know, Dustin, you guys don't like to be hard on those engines unless they're at a certain temperature, oil and uh, and and water. Yeah, I mean the the car that I was running was uh, Barry's show car that he brings around to the tracks and puts on display at at, at the track. So um, it runs on gasoline. It's probably more or less a stock engine in that thing so it uh you know we we were able to start it with the starter and keep it warm and um you know as far as uh, the other guys filled they they kept their car running most of the day um you know we were only at it for you know a couple hours uh testing so um you know definitely that's something that we got to think about in the future going into this is how, how are you going to keep your engines and everything up to temperature for operating, you know, at the temperatures that they need to. And it's all, it's all achievable. So. I'm sure you had some people out there uh, on the ice that were interested in what you guys go had going on. Uh, how many people showed up to check out what you guys were doing? Oh man, there's, there was a lot of people that, that were coming up and looking at the cars and the studs and the, you know, the different combinations. And I mean, there was, um, I, I don't know. I can't tell you as far as count, but I mean, the amount of people that were there was surprising. Um, I didn't expect there to be that many people there. So it was a, it was a pretty good outcome for the people that showed up. Um, I think a lot of people have a lot of interest in, in what we were doing there. So well, Dustin, let's uh, move on and talk about something that we're all a little bit more familiar with and will become familiar with this uh, Great Lakes ice, uh, sprints on ice, if you will. Uh, Dustin, I want to back up and, and kind of go, take me back to the beginning of your career. Just give us a little insight because we've never had you on the show before. How does Dustin Daggett get into becoming one of the most recognizable faces in sprint car racing in the Great Lakes region? Well, I, uh, I started racing in... Uh, 1999 when I was 16 years old and each each year we had growing success um you know we we improved improved and uh and over the course of um what is it 20 almost 22 years um we've I've won a lot of races in the region um you know I've won an all-star event at the Hartford Speedway when it was the when it was the, the half mile I really like that's one thing I miss around Michigan now is the the half mile tracks we don't have any more dirt half miles so but uh but as far as uh you know my career now we're we're just having all kinds of fun um you know we we show up to the racetrack and you know that's that's the whole point in what we're doing now is just just to have fun um, of course we all want to win. We're all competitive. Um, but with the series that Barry's put together, it's been getting, getting tougher and tougher to, to pull off a win. So I'm just glad that we were still able to, to run in the front like we do. And, you know, I've had a pretty good, pretty good career of, uh, a lot of success. You know, you mentioned starting in 1999, and, and it's been almost exactly a year ago. We're going to come up on that date this year, this week uh, when the COVID-19 pandemic started and everybody was forced to find a way to stay entertained. And a guy that we all know, High Vista Video Productions, Jeff started putting out some of those old videos from 1999 and, and <laughs> you know, back in the days of Butler and Crystal and uh, really some great memories. And, man, you, you talk about being somebody who just showed up on the scene ready to win. Man, how did you figure out these sprint cars? They're such a difficult race car to handle for some. You you picked it up really fast. Well, I had I had a lot. I had some some good people teaching me. Um, my dad raced cars, uh, raced sprint cars since uh, the early '90s. Um, you know, and and I've I've been around a lot of a lot of good racers, and we've gone to a lot of races that. Uh, that I didn't do quite so well at, you know, that, that only makes you better when you, when you go to, 
go to events like that. So, you know, I've, my, my grandpa and my dad and my uncle Tom, uh, it's always been, you know, they've, they've been able to, to coach me and teach me along the way. So. Now, Dustin, that, you know, I like when, when I go to check out an event, I look at the entry list, uh, to see if I want to go to a certain event. And, you know, you go down this list of guys that you're racing against every week. And, um, you know, most, most series have two or three guys that are pretty strong. And then, then a next level, uh, you guys are stacked deep in the field of anybody that can win, win on any given night. Right. Yeah. And that's, uh, I mean, that tends to put on one hell of a show when you, when you have that, that much talent in the field, you know, and it, it makes it for good racing, uh, most of the time. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty fun racing against the people that we do. Um, you know, they, they're, they're all good, good drivers, uh, to, to race around and, and to be around. You know, this 2018, uh, as we work our way back, that was uh, an interesting season for you. I want to start with the fact that you won the Great Lakes Super Sprint Series Championship. Where does that feather go in your cap? I mean, you've accomplished so much. Um, I believe somebody told me that you are, and I haven't had a chance to confirm this with, with everything that's changed in that series, but that you were the winningest driver in Sprints on Dirt uh, statistics book. Uh, and then now you win this Great Lake Super Sprint Series title. Where does that match up to the things you've done in your career? You know, it's it's right up there. Um, like we said, with the, with the level of competition that's there, um, to pull off a, a, a championship with that caliber of uh, drivers and you're competing with, it's it's always it's always a good good uh, good thing, and you know it's gonna get. I I only see it getting tougher and tougher to to win championships now with, with the GLSS. In 2018, I believe it was this this year, that year that in 2018, I seem to remember you at I-96. Um, your car was part of a tribute. Uh, I believe that it was the 85 car, but a red 2T top wing, a, a car that a lot of people will remember. Or maybe it wasn't T, uh, but that red number two on the top of the car, a, a number that you ran for a number of years. What was that tribute about? Well, that was that was a tribute to uh, to Phil Mott. He he owned the the red number two M car that I drove for. I think it was close to eleven years that him and I were together. He uh, he had passed away that uh, that fall. Um, we actually the it was that day at ninety six that he we went to his funeral that day. So oh my. that was that was a race to honor honor him. I can only imagine how tough that was for you, but also I can also only imagine how much of an honor it was to do that. I mean, for everything to line up for you to be able to race that number again on that day, um, keeping those emotions in check to show up to the racetrack. I, I, I don't, Dustin. I don't know how you did it. Well, you know, Phil was a uh, Phil was an interesting. Uh, guy and he him and i got along good and we were able to have a great relationship for for those years and uh you know it's uh it's just something that i'm sure he was looking over us and smiling the whole time now dustin i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to put you uh you know in the coffin or anything but uh you know you're you've been at this quite a long time what uh, everything that you've accomplished what's the next goal you put in front of yourself? How do you uh, keep going? Or you, you just show up at the racetrack and try to have the most fun as you can. I mean, at this point, I think we're, we're looking to, you know, have some fun and, and still try to win races, you know, um, up to this point, I still feel that I'm a, um, I'm a competitive, you know, um, competitor that will, that has a chance to win, you know, any night that we show up. So, uh, you know, I think, uh, who, who knows? I might race for another 10 years. I might race for another five years. It might only be a couple of years. I don't really know at this point, uh, as far as I know right now is we're having fun and we're going to continue to do it. So. 
I'm, I'm recalling here as I go back and I try to remember everything that you've done, um, but the later part of your career up to this point is really when I kind of become in tune with what's going on in sprint car racing. And I got to go back to I-96, you and Jared Horseman, front straightaway, and I don't remember, Dustin, if it was maybe 2017, maybe it was that 2018 year again. Um, one of the hardest crashes I've ever seen on a front stretch wall involved the two of you guys what do you remember about that and walk me through what happened no i just see it as a as a racing deal and i think i i don't know if i'd i I think i came up the track and he wasn't expecting me to and you know there's just no place for him to go so it's just it happens you know you can't uh you can't sit and dwell on things and you know it's a Jared and I got, got a good relationship. Um, you know, we don't, I don't, I know he wouldn't intentionally do that to, to me. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. And, you know, I don't, I, 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 it's, it's just a, let the thing in the past now, let the bygones be bygones. And then just the only reason I brought it up is because that wreck was as a fan was so vicious uh you know just the fact that you didn't get hurt that nobody got hurt you or him in that incident absolutely blows my mind um and what a testament it is to these race cars and you mentioned jared you two seem to be attracted to each other at 996 it's like every time i look up calling a race you guys are racing one another and um you guys put on a great show i love it when you two get near each other because you are such fierce competitors yeah i mean it's uh you know, every, everybody wants to win, right? That's the whole reason we're there. Um, you know, and, and we're going to drive, drive our butts off to, to finish in that first spot, you know? And, uh, I think, I think it's just, you know, it, it seems to happen that way. You know, it seems like Jared and I are around each other a lot, you know, when it comes to places like that, I think, cause we're, we're both pretty, pretty equal competitors. So, now, we're close enough now, especially after a 67-degree day uh, here in Michigan. Uh, we, it's almost like we can smell the racing. Uh, assuming you're going to come back this year with the Great Lakes Super Sprints, what else you got on your schedule? Any big shows that you're planning on to hit on hitting in 2021? Well, we're, uh, of course, running the whole Great Lakes uh, Super Sprints and then select uh, the GLPS, the, the topless sprints. We'll be doing... Uh, some of those when they're have races with the, the super sprints, um, we are going to run the 410 races that all go, they go to, uh, 96 with the fast series and, uh, in the all stars. So, um, then here at the, uh, um, the, the dirt track at Bristol, we're actually got invited to go down and race with that. So, oh, how about that? We're going to go down there in April. So, Got a ticket to uh, go down and play with the World of Outlaws, huh? I do, yeah. How about that? So uh, let's talk about that a second because this is the first I've heard of that. What are your thoughts going in? You mentioned that you missed the half miles around Michigan when we had them, but this is a whole other animal, 19 degrees of banking straight across the track now that they put the dirt down on it. What are you thinking going into this? Well, I I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be a uh, just just something that um i don't know if you can call it like a a bucket list thing but uh you know they the last time they put dirt on bristol was 20 years ago you know right pretty much right when i first started racing and didn't have the opportunity to go down there and do it at that time so who knows they might not do it again so that's what my whole mindset was to i'd I'd like to go down and and watch and if if i go down there why not race actually say that i've ran some laps there um you know of course we're gonna we're gonna try our best to do the best we can um you know and and just making a show on that night would be like a feature win to me so that's kind of what we're shooting for so well dustin it was a pleasure to chat with you tonight i appreciate you making some time um and i do want to say good luck uh, as the season now officially gets underway you've already strapped into a race car in 2021 so that's exciting we'll see you at a couple of races along the way and um uh, man we can't wait to get to the racetrack good luck this season and thanks for joining us thank you guys all right 
you mentioned it. You brought it up. He's not in the show anymore, but the HPH Best Driver Challenge presented by Nefco is underway the grand finale for the sprint cars and this will be the grand finale for this series of hph best driver challenges for this season rich yesterday between dagan and rule as you mentioned in that interview was out of control now we have ryan rule versus jared horseman holy smokes this thing is already on fire and it just started and uh you know all, all we're doing is picking up the championship run from 2020 zach uh jared horseman picking up the 2020 great Lakes super sprints championship over ryan rule and dustin daggett and dustin daggett who finished third daggett finishing third (laughs) so maybe this time uh ryan rule has a bone to pick and he wants to get his fans out to win him this championship i tell you what this these are as dustin said these guys they're both class acts they're both fantastic race car drivers uh this these the semifinals was fantastic it was an absolutely stacked semifinal and the fans are coming out in full support and we appreciate that 100 percent. this is going to be a lot of fun to watch it'll end at eight o'clock on tuesday night get on our facebook page it's the only place you can find this react for your favorite driver give that photo a like for ryan rule give it a heart for jared horseman and uh you know Ryan just had a baby, and so this would be another feather in the cap of accomplishments for the offseason. I guess Ryan didn't have it, but Courtney did. And by the way, for Jared, Megan is expecting a baby here in the next couple of weeks, I believe. So um, could be a cap, uh, a feather on the cap for one, could be the kickoff to many celebrations for another. Uh, these guys have a lot going on, and then race season's going to start, and everyone's going to forget about those babies for a little while. <laughs> so. Hey. Exactly. And, you know, it it just turns out these two um, have had the most support throughout the challenge from their fans. So it only works out that way. Uh, It's cool that they get to go head to head and uh, and see uh, see who comes out on top. Uh, You know, the rule camp, uh, we'll we'll have to see. Ryan's going to I'm sure he's going to put out his best social media effort. Yeah, and so whoever gets the the dub, if you will, will be on the show next week, uh, hopefully, if we can get them confirmed to be on the show. So we'll have at least one sprint car driver joining us again next week. But in the meantime, it's time to keep the show moving along for a Monday night. Rich France, when we bring on one of these guys, we know we're getting close to race season or we're right knee-deep in it. Uh, It's our pleasure, if you missed it, to be the uh, official media provider for the All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series this year. And uh, we welcome none other than the 2020 champion. Rich, introduce him. Yep, Zach. Uh, once again, for the second year in a row, he drives the Anklam Racing number 4 Dirt Late Model. He was your 2020 All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series champion. Picked up some very nice wins and paychecks, I must say, along the way. Uh, and his 2021 season starts this week. We'll get into all that. Makes his home in Iowa, Michigan. Travis Stemler, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, guys. How's it going? Glad to be back. Great to hear from you, man. First of all, uh, I know we talked at the end of the season, but how enjoyable really was this offseason after the performance you guys had in the Challenge Series and actually all season long, and then closing out that season with that cool win at Kokomo? Oh, it was the season the whole year, you know, starting up a new team. We both knew, you know, like we had expectations, but, you know, we didn't know how they would go. You know, you start a new team, you get some different, you know, engine packages and stuff, but everything played out, uh, you know, it blew our expectations out of the water. And then, you know, we had such a great season in Michigan and, you know, when then we travel a lot of the state to do the one last race of the season and pick up a big win at Kokomo, it was like, man, this, the season, it'd be cool if it just kept on rolling. <laughs> and and you're really not, you're not afraid to go anywhere. And now it's time to get 2021 started. And you really couldn't have picked uh, too many other tougher places than what you're going to try and go tackle down there at Bristol. Yeah, we're uh, we're pumped up. Uh, actually, I was just watching them practice um, before you guys called, just kind of to see what the cars are doing down there. They got like nine or ten cars down there, but. We're super excited to start off at Bristol. Um, I grew up on half miles, so, you know, we're um, pumped up about that. But it's also going to be a tough race. You know, it's going to help build our team and get to race against some of the best in the business. And and that's what we're looking for is to try to get better. Well, just to remind you, that is not your daddy's half mile, okay? It's a whole <laughs> different ballgame. 
Oh yeah, it's it's going to be a different one for sure. It's not like a '96 or Hartford or any of those tracks that I grew up on. So it'll be a excuse me, it'll be a good learning curve. Well, and here's the thing, too. Uh, if we're being fully honest, I'm also currently, while interviewing you, watching this live stream of the Bristol uh, practice session, so uh, don't feel bad. Um, but, Travis, you know, you mentioned it, and Rich brought it up, too. It's not the half miles that we're used to. Everybody wants to talk about excitement, and we're all three. Two of us are former drivers. One of us is is one of the most recognizable faces in late model racing currently. Is there any concern, maybe even label it a little nervousness, if not fear, about what you might see down there at Bristol as far as the speeds and uh, the wear and tear on equipment? Um, the only um, guess question is, uh, you know, that we're running on a different tire than we're used to. Um, normally up here, they got a different tire rule down there in Tennessee, which we got to learn last time when we started the season off because of COVID, we went down to 411 and I showed up down there and had these tires cut up and, you know, we're practicing away. And then all of a sudden they're like, I'm looking around and seeing these guys' tires cut. And it's like, Oh, we're not even in the same ballpark, you know, what grooves they were cutting and, and how much they were cutting. And so I guess the biggest thing is, you know, tires, um, you know, is one thing that I'm kind of, you know, sitting here trying to get prepared for this show and, you know, do you do too much? Do you do too less? You know, it's kind of the thing, but like safety wise, I feel a hundred percent safety with um, the chassis we're taking down there and uh, they've done some great things to um, keep the suspension stiffer. You know, we got, we're taking our rocket chassis down and, and uh, they've updated the lower, the steering arm, the spindle, left lower bar. And it just makes you feel, you know, a lot more better, you know, about um, all that suspension components. And then, you know, with Butler built seats and Simpson helmets and stuff, you're, you're safe. So I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. Actually, I can't wait to actually, I think they just clocked Shepard at 116, I think it was. And that sounds exciting. Yeah, earlier today they were about a second off of the uh, NASCAR Cup Series uh, record there and the Xfinity Series record as well. Here, I have a couple more technical questions for you, Travis, as you're watching this live stream as, this, uh, as we do this interview, or maybe that's just me. Um, these cars are not rotating for what I consider a late model to rotate. These cars are, the, the, they are keeping left degree in the wheel all the way through the corner. And they're only using the lower third of that whole racetrack, Travis. Do you, do you think this racetrack is going to expand, and do you think they're going to figure out how to get the cars to rotate? Or, on a track this big, are you okay with turning left the whole time? Uh, I knew um, back in 2001 when they were there, um, just talking to a couple drivers that have been there and, and information, you know, just try to absorb everything you hear in this racing world is, they said that that track's really tight and I got a chance to talk to Shannon Rush, who's uh, in charge of Hoosier tire. And uh, he was a big one on saying, you know, this track's like a, a Hartford, but more banking and it's more tighter corners. So I'm seeing that too in the practice that these cars are really too tight for this racetrack almost with the banking and stuff. So it, it's making my, we'll spend a little bit on what we need to do to get the car to rotate. But, um, that's, I guess stuff. It stinks, you know, being 10 hours away trying to <laughs> yeah. figure this out until we get down there Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you think that the, one of the other burning questions has been, will this track widen out? Do you think that, uh, based on your knowledge of your late model and 19 degrees of banking, which is something that probably none of us have raced on, uh, unless you were there 20 years ago, do you think that that track is going to spread out as the week wears on by the time you guys get down there on Friday? Uh, I'm, I'm hoping it does, you know, cause then it'd just be, you know, the guy that lays down the fastest lap, you know, going to kind of walk away from the show, depending on how they do their inverts or if it's straight up, that's kind of some information that's been 
on my mind that really hasn't been, you know, officially answered. I'm sure they'll have the answers when we get down there. But uh, I think, though, with as many classes that are there, and if they're not prepping the track lot, I feel like the track will widen out. Um, because like you said, in this practice that they're doing right now, they're only using the bottom half of the track and hopefully it can widen out to make really good racing for the fans. And, you know, Travis, you talk about, I'm still stuck on 19 degrees of banking. Um, if you move up to the top, I don't know that you've ever been on a track where you get that car to rotate and you are looking down a lot (laughs) going through that corner. I mean, that, that car is pretty vertical. Yeah. I mean, like that's, probably the most banking I've ever been on you know there I know there's some tracks down there in Tennessee that have a lot of banking and and we've never seen anything like it so it's definitely going to be a learning curve and and something that I hopefully look forward to tracking down and trying to figure out why we're down there <laughs> what's what's going to be a uh, what's going to be a good weekend for you if you go down there you guys uh I mean, is it, is it, uh, Hey, we think, we think we got a piece to win here with, or making a show. What do you, what, what, it, when you walk out of there, what are you going to say? That was fine. Um, definitely. We want to make the show, you know, that's our, our goals going into it. My dad told me a long time ago to even try to win a show. You first must make the show. Um, but you know, as long as we're, I want to make the shows as our goal, but as long as we're competitive, you know, we're, we're there, you know, and uh, this dirt late model stuff so tough now. I mean, one bad qualifying lap and, and you're, you know, running fifth or sixth the rest of the night, you know, and with this competition. So we're really hoping just to be competitive, um, make the show, and then uh, just learn as a team, you know, especially with uh, – as many um, tough guys are there going to be there, you know, the Lucas oil won't be there, but some guys have chosen to go to this show instead of their Lucas oil show. And then you got the world of outlaw guys and there's a whole bunch of guys all over the country that are coming to this race and they're tough shoes to race against. I guess the final question would be, uh, you know, something that, and I'll be honest here, Chris Foby, one of our contributors at Horsepower Halflings brought this up. Um, and, and I think it's a fantastic question. How difficult is just the process of getting there going to be for you? You talked about 10 hours down to Bristol. Um, this is, uh, this is no short little trek to I-96 Speedway from Ionia. This is going to be a massive undertaking for you just to get down to Bristol. Um, give me a little insight, give the fans some insight. What, what are you, what do you have to do to prepare just for the travel for this event? Well, we just got done this last weekend, you know, um, obviously my car owner shops in, uh, Freeland, Michigan, which is over by Midland Tri-City. And then our race shops here in Ionia, we had to get one car ready because my car, my shop just don't hold two cars. It holds one, can hold two, but my brother works out of there and we can't really <laughs> kick him out or else I'd be the bad brother you know now are so, you the, now hold on are you uh, the old are you the older or the younger brother i'm the older brother yeah you can uh, kick him out you can kick him out i don't want to be in trouble just yet so <laughs> but but so we just went up there this last weekend to take the car and uh so that they we can load it all up but just to make sure they're spares you know you don't want to travel 10 hours and not have what you need if something happens. So we were getting everything ready, you know, the off season stuff taken out of the trailer that needs to be taken out of the trailer. But then, you know, the travel there, um, which uh, Chad gets to leave a little earlier than I do because of work. So he's going to head down, but you know, it's, it's 10 hours down the road and he, uh, you gotta get fuel every so often stop make sure everything you know trailer wise is ready to go plus the truck so it's uh it's grueling you know it's tough on especially through those mountains <laughs> yeah massive yeah exactly good point massive undertaking for sure just to get down there let's talk a little bit more about your 2020 plans uh running out of time quickly here we we said it that we could talk to you 
all night about racing. Um, but 2020, man, we did a little article on you a few months ago, and I kind of want to check back in on that. What's going on with the 2021 plans? You mentioned Eldora. You mentioned defending the All-Star uh, Late Model Challenge Series, and there's a couple of conflicts in there along the way. What What have you decided about 2021? Um, we're, um, you know, as of right now, we haven't seen an Eldora schedule at all. Um, Eldora hasn't put out a schedule. They got the dates for the dream in the world. And that was posted a long time ago. Haven't heard anything about their, uh, regular shows or holiday shows that they normally have. So if they don't come out with something like that, we'll be, uh, doing the all-star, um, Tri-City Merit All-Star Performance Challenge Series races, if those don't happen, we're going to um, run those. There's good paying shows, um, great tracks to go to. And so as Rusty Schlank said, the, the format fits you very well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he actually, he, he wanted me to uh, slow down on qualifying, and I was okay with that because every time he set fast time, I won the race. So that was a good thing. So, <laughs> That was a good talk Rusty had with me, so I appreciated that. <laughs> yeah, well, but, uh, yeah, go ahead, continue. I'm sorry about that. Oh, no problem. Um, but yeah, then so, but we're gonna try Bristol, and then uh, a series that I've been uh, looking at that uh, was pretty cool. It started up last year with uh, Tony Izzo. Is uh, we're gonna try to go to that the Thaw Brawl at LaSalle the following weekend if we make it out of Bristol, okay. And then uh, wait for, uh, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Um, I think we're going to try Winston's show if they have that in uh, early April. And then wait for uh, Tri-City or, you know, some other tracks to open up around here. Now, did you get, uh, and, and I, we just talked to Dustin Daggett, uh, and he has an invite to the World of Outlaw Sprint Car portion of things. Are the Morton Buildings late models, are they invite only? And if so, have you gotten an invite? Are you considering it? Would you try to go? Uh, we have not gotten an invite, and it is an invite only. Um, I haven't heard anything uh, on it. I don't know if they've gotten all their um, slots filled um, yet. So uh, until we hear something about it, then it sounds like a no-go um, if we don't get an invite. But, I mean, if they call us, all the options are open. Travis, you know, we, we talked earlier about the, how, you know, your 2020 season really couldn't get any better. Um, how do you go into 2021 and, and try to top that? Because uh, I think that's going to be real hard for you to do. It's, it's definitely going to be tough, especially, you know, a lot of guys have uh, bought some new cars this off season. You know, everybody's stepped up their game once again, uh, which is, pretty much everything, you know, the technology is changing every day in these cars. Um, but we're, um, we set goals, you know, we sit down and talk about it. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing is, is I got the best car owners I could ask for. And, you know, we, uh, our goal is to try to win the race. If not, we're having fun doing it, you know, and, and our thing is to try to finish in the top fives and, and, uh, just show up ready to go. That's the biggest thing, and we'll just take the wind where it takes us. Well, Travis, uh, good luck, man. Uh, we know that this is the final preparation week before you guys leave out for Bristol, uh, which is uh, technically getting ready to kick off about a week from today. So good luck with that. Um, look for you at the Thaw Brawl. I like the sounds of that. I was looking for a reason to go see Tony Ezzo, and now I have one. Um, so we'll, we'll see you over there at LaSalle Speedway. And, man, good luck at Bristol. We hope things go well for you. Well, thank you guys and appreciate everything having me on the show. And um, we look forward to seeing you, hopefully doing some interviews. Well, a lot of talk about Bristol. So you guys already know the upcoming calendar feature features the Bristol Dirt Nats, uh, which is going to kick off next week, about what a full week from today. The uh, support divisions head down, then the Super Late Models show up on Friday for their first day of racing. Um, Saturday wraps up with a massive Super Late Model show at Bristol. And then, Rich, 
we get a little closer to home. LaSalle Speedway, the Thaw Brawl, only, what is it, three hours, maybe four hours from the state line to head over there to, to LaSalle, Illinois. Go see Tony Izzo in the Mars Series, and then Brownstown Speedway uh, is thrown in there as well on the Bristol Dirt Nats. Same date if you want to stay a little bit closer to home. We got racing all over the place all of a sudden. So I just get back from Florida, and you're telling me to gas the truck up. Right? I'm telling you to. I, I'm telling you to grab your polo, grab your microphones, charge the cell phone, and we're hitting the road very soon because okay. it's time to go. All right, then we better end the show. I need to go take a nap. <laughs> it has been great we are looking forward to getting back into the swing of things remember horsepower happenings is your great lakes coverage leader we've got up to the minute updates at select races from around the region um very rare that rich and i are at the same racetrack at the same time anymore and that's going to be the same here in 2021 we'll have your coverage for dirt sprint cars dirt late models pavement outlaw late models pavement template light late models you name it we're talking about it right here horsepower happenings our thanks to dustin daggett for joining us tonight travis stemler appreciate him making some time to be on the call rich france thanks to you for doing all the traveling and the legwork this week and for Rich France, Scott Menlin, who pays the bills, I'm Zach Heiser, thanking you for listening to Horsepower Happenings, and we'll talk same time, same place next week. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.